The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and video teachings, visit mountainpark.org. I am Juno Smalley, and I am on staff here. Uh, you know, Mar said he's one of the pastors here. Yeah, he's only one of the pastors here for the next week, and then he's done. Uh, I've been here for a while, and will be here for a long time. I am the executive pastor and so my role is to support the staff and helping them uh, uh, stay, stay focused on our mission. My job is to clean up after Alan when I need to, uh, to make sure his plate stays, stays as empty as it can be so he can be preparing for what he does best here on Sunday morning. So it is an honor to be here with you. Well, we are in our, our track record for series and the song we'll be talking about is a song we sang two songs ago, Absolutely. But our track series is designed to be able to give to you uh, some songs. Songs that uh, we teach on, and songs that you can take with you in a, in a CD so that you can become familiar with them and that they become a track record not just for you individually in your journey, but also collectively for us as a community of believers. And so track records, the previous ones are out there at Hello MP. You can pick them up. They're free. Uh, people keep asking, hey, can I give one to my neighbor? Of course. You know, just don't use them as a coaster, you know. Take one, use it. Uh, we're out of track record one. We're ordering more of those. But track record four will be available to you on August 5th, which is also what, what is happening on August 5th. Three celebrations, launch Sunday, so uh, oh, I should have said, you know, if you come to the 8 o'clock, you'll get a free CD, which would have been true, because everybody will get a free CD no matter what time you come. But anyway, so, so we are in the middle of this, uh, of this series, and uh, uh, I have found them, uh, the past ones and the, and the cur- current ones, to be very helpful in my own uh, walk with God. Uh, and yet I'm, uh, I'm the type of person that, that looks at the words. And so no doubt this, this song caused me to, to struggle a little bit. A few months ago, Alan uh, let us know who he would like to teach and pick a Sunday and then pick a song. And we got the list of songs and I kept going to YouTube because I, you know, probably like many of you, I didn't know all these songs. And maybe I've heard them once or twice somewhere and, but I don't know a song from the title, so I'm at YouTube looking, looking. find everything but this song. And I kept looking, looking, and I finally realized that while this song is called Absolutely, it's by the group called Starfield, not by a guy named Seinfeld. <laughs> so when Google, Seinfeld and Absolutely brings up all kinds of, of hits, because he always says, I guess, absolutely, 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 absolutely. And I'm thinking, Marsh, this isn't a song. It's a sitcom. Uh, so I found the song, I listened to it, and I am excited to be able to share with you from that this morning. Let me pray. Lord, I am thankful for those who are here today. And while the needs of the folks here are greatly varied, I know, Lord, that you can meet the people where they are, and that you can help each of us take a step forward. This morning, may the words in my mouth and the thoughts in the hearts of your people here today be acceptable in your sight, because you are our strength, 
and you are the lover of our souls. Amen. I know that everybody who has an opportunity to share here, I know Alan does, Marsh, Dave, anybody who shares is constantly thinking, what, you know, what am I to bring to the people here? You know, I don't know everybody, so what's going to be the nugget of truth that's going to help us to love God and to love others more? And I don't know each of you. I don't know all of your stories, nor I don't think I should be. Uh, it's a little unfair expectation that the pastors know everybody. But I do know a few things. I do know that for some of you, you are celebrating the life of a child, of a newborn. At the same time, I know that there are others of you desperately trying to be a parent. I know that while many of us count our children as a blessing, that there are those of us who are crying ourselves to sleep, self-medicating because of the pain of a prodigal son or daughter. I know that while some of the high school graduates are very excited to finally leave home, get a new uh, start at a college, that there are some graduates who are fearful of taking that step. And there are some graduates who are fearful of, of leaving home, while some are fearful of staying home. I know some of you are having great vacations. I see them on Facebook. Some wonderful vacations. I think you need to take a pastor with you to, to, to pray for you during those, those times. But otherwise, uh, and while some of you in those vacations are great, while you're, while you're enjoying the blessings of those vacations, I know there are others here who are in the midst of losing their homes, losing their automobiles, they're trying to make ends meet, and they're struggling. I know that there are some who are training for marathons, for half marathons, for triathlons, and there are others of us who are just thankful to be able to walk across the room. I know that there are others who are rejoicing the miracle of a healing, and then there are others who are losing hope. Others who are saying goodbye to a loved one. I know that there are many here who are deeply in love, and yet there are others here who are single and wondering, why am I still single? I know that many, many of your marriages have, have standed the test of time. You've made it through the good times, the bad times, the meltdowns. That your marriage has been reconciled. That you're actually growing. You actually enjoy being married. And that, that, then there are others whose marriages are crumbling as we speak. Who are about to enter once again the world of a single person and of a single mom and dad. So knowing all that, knowing that there is a wide variety of experiences that come into this room, and they're more than just, just demographics of Mountain Park, they're more than just what's happening in Nauatuki, but they represent your lives, your hearts, your minds. They represent who you are in a very, very real way and yet we're challenged to say, okay, how is this 
lover of my soul, who I'm so desperately in love with, supposed to, to reach out and meet the need of each of you today? Well, I have listened to that song dozens and dozens of times. I've listened to it when I wake up. I've listened to it on my way home from work to the office. I listen to it when I go to sleep. I listen to it when Alan's speaking on a Sunday. No, no, okay, I don't do that. I listen to it when I'm training. And I use that word intentionally because it just sounds so much more masculine than during my morning walks. <laughs> so I was finally able to figure out how to get this thing on my phone, and I'm listening to it, and I'm walking, I'm thinking, oh, I could say this, I could say this, this makes sense, ooh, this is good, and I suddenly realized that people watching me are thinking I am having either a spiritual experience of some kind or a medical problem, and they need to call 911. So, uh, uh, while it de definitely gave me energy while I walked, they realized my body language uh, was probably disturbing to many people. So after listening to it, I am pretty convinced that this song will help us each to, to understand who you are so that you can love God and to understand God so that you can accept God's love into your own heart. So let's go to that phrase, Jesus, you have me completely Every breath I breathe, I am absolutely in love. Jesus, I am yours forever. All of me surrenders. I am absolutely in love. As I, and as I have listened to this song, the words from Proverbs 3 come to mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all of thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust. I tell you, that word trust is an interesting word. Trust is, is revealing who you are to another person and believing they're not going to take what you've just shared and use it against you. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or the strength of someone or something. Trust. It takes a lifetime to build it and a stupid evening to destroy it. Two months ago, I trusted somebody. It was a handyman or a, I won't, yet I will not say his his company's name, I trusted him on a project for my house. A two-day project. It will be done on Monday. Two months later, the project is not done. Phone call, text, emails, promises. It's still not done. Friday afternoon, I receive a text. I have a plan. I will be there early next week to complete. Sorry, I will call you in a few hours. And as of this morning, there's not a message on my cell phone from this guy. And I responded to him saying, what am I to do with your broken promises? I, 
I just completely lowered my expectations of anything happening, even though I have hope. And I will confess, I probably broke this guy's stereotype of pastors. Uh, <laughs> when he took the job, I says, now I'm a pastor, and if you mess me over, you're messing with the man upstairs. So he goes, hey, two days, you're going to love that. You, know, you, you all know how that goes. So I finally, last week, I said some things. Well, one thing. So I'm confessing, and if they call the office, Cindy, say, yep, he's human like the rest of our pastors. Stand in line. None of us are perfect. But I referred to a part of his anatomy, his anatomy that needed to be at my house very quickly to get this job done. And I had to be strategic, you know, because I thought I was just being too passive and too understanding, and I thought I just had to let him have it. Uh, so hopefully he, he responds somehow, and my trust can be rebuilt in repairmen. But Proverbs doesn't tell me to trust in the handyman. It doesn't tell me to to trust in my IRA or my 401ks. doesn't tell me to trust in my automobiles. It doesn't tell me to, to trust in my friends or my spouse. It says, trust in the Lord. And the Lord is the creator of the universe. And we know Lord of the jungle is a lion. But in here, it's talking about the creator God who loves you and me and who created us. So we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart. It doesn't say 75%. It doesn't say when life is going well. It says with all of our heart. And when I talk to engaged couples, when I talk to married couples who are struggling and well, I put in 50%, 50-50, 100% solid marriage. You know, I'm not a math major, but I know 50 and 50 does equal 100. But when it comes to a relationship, something's missing from that. And my question is, well, what part aren't you bringing to the table? So if you're given 50%, what 50% aren't you bringing to this relationship? And if I transfer that over to my relationship with God, I think, okay, God, 50-50, I'm in this with you. What part of God am I going to ask him to leave from the table? Am I going to say, oh, you know what, I don't, I don't quite need all of your love. No, I don't need all of your forgiveness. No, your healing's okay. I don't need it all the time. You know, I mean, doesn't that just sound weird? I mean, I don't know about you, but I want all of God's relationship. I want all of his characteristics. I just don't want half of God. And God doesn't want half of me. He wants all of me. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all of thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I struggle a little bit with some of those words with all. And going back to our song, absolutely everything. And so let me rephrase it this way. We're uh, a couple months ago, got one of those 
it's time to declutter the house, clean up some stuff. You know, and there's been some, some just piles of things and upstairs. And, uh, you know, I think some of you know that in late 2009, my wife passed away. And so some of these things were, uh, were hers. And I had gone through them. And I asked Mackenzie, hey, what do you want of mom's? Oh, those are for old ladies, Dad. I don't want those. And, you know, so we had gone through all this thing. And, but there were still boxes and files. And I'm looking going, I haven't looked at that stuff in two and a half years. But it's just sort of, you know, the dust is collecting. You know, it's just like, i got to do something with this. It's, it's just clutter. Uh, and so I dive into it. And, and I, you know, you, you find all kinds of stuff. Uh, my wife should have been an accountant. She kept receipts for everything. She kept journals of our vacations where what time we left, what we brought in the van to eat, where we stopped for food, what coupons we used, what we should do next time so if we ever go back to the Grand Canyon, we know what way to go. And It's just like, wow. Well, shrub, shred, shred. Some things got shredded. Some things got left. Of course, there were tears and there was laughing and uh, yeah, uh, so I made it through those, oh, just boxes and piles, and now it's, everything's all neatly in two file cabinets, and I got rid of all kinds of things. But I know there's still stuff to go through. I mean, in the garage, there's, there's this one cabinet. It is just china and stuff. When it's the right time, God's going to give me the energy to deal with that. And so it is with our spiritual lives. There are things we all need to work on. God doesn't call us to be perfect. He just wants our heart. And so while you may be dealing with some stuff, and I may be dealing with this guy in my yard thing, on my, my patience or lack of patience or redeveloping trust for the trades and people, there are other things that God could be working on and will have to be working on. And a lot of this is about character stuff. You know, that isn't going to be solved overnight. But that with God's help, he's going to help you either open up the box of your own life and maybe deal with something. And because you haven't opened up all those boxes at one time, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not in love with God. It doesn't mean that you're not completely given to him. It means you're human. It means we're human and that it's a process. And at the right time, and at the right place, God will open our hearts and develop, us, develop each of us into more of his likeness. Paul talks about this process in Philippians when he says, For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Folks, we really are on a journey. It really is a process. Now, the big word would be it's sanctification, but you don't really need to remember that. Uh, just know that uh, you need to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all of thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. But in our attempts to trust the Lord, 
to open up our heart to him, I think we find out that uh, we sort of transfer over some of our humanness, some of our own brokenness, some of our own distrust from our relationships, from our friendships to our relationship with God. And so it's hard for us to really to be honest with God because we're afraid of rejection. Well, there was a poem written back in 1966 by a guy in Chicago, the good old Midwest. He was a new high school teacher, so he wrote this poem and he shared it with his students. And for those of you who don't know, 66, the internet wasn't even in, in existence then. But this poem spread throughout uh, schools and communities uh, all around the world. In fact, this guy was at a seminar and they opened up with his own poem and he's like, I wrote that thing. Uh, how did they get that? Uh, so let me, let me share this with you as, as it helps us to understand our own relationship with each other and our relationship with Jesus. Please don't be fooled by me. Don't be fooled by the face that I wear, for I wear a mask, a thousand masks, masks that I am afraid to take off, and none of them are me. Pretending is an art that is second nature with me, but don't be fooled. Please, don't be fooled. I give you the impression that I am secure and that all is sunny and unruffled within me as well as without. That confidence is my name and coolness my game and that the water is calm and that I am in command and that I need no one. But don't believe me, please. Don't believe me. My surface may be smooth, but my surface is a mask. My ever-varying and ever-concealing mask. Beneath it lies, uh, beneath it dwells the real confusion, the fear, the aloneness. Beneath lies my smugness, my complacency, but I hide this because I don't want anyone to know. I panic at the thought of my weakness and the fear of being exposed. That's why I frantically create a mask to hide behind, nonchalant, sophisticated facades to help me pretend to shield me from the glance that knows, but such a glance is precisely my salvation. My only salvation, and I know it. That's if, if it's followed by acceptance, if it's followed by love. It's the only thing that can liberate me from myself, from my own self-built prison walls, and from the barriers that I so painstakingly erect. It's the only thing that will assure me of what I cannot assure myself, that I am really worthwhile. But I don't dare tell you this. I don't dare. I'm afraid to. I'm afraid that your glance will not be followed by acceptance, that your glance will not be followed by love. I am afraid that you'll think less of me and you'll laugh at me and your laugh will kill me. I am afraid that deep down I am nothing and, that just no, and I'm just no good and that you will see this and reject me. So I play my game, my desperate pretending game, with a facade of assurance on the outside 
and a trembling child within. And so begins the parade of masks, the glittering but empty parade of masks. My life becomes an idle front. I chatter to you in suave tones of surface talk. I tell you everything that's really nothing, and I tell you nothing of what's everything, especially of what's deeply crying within me. So when I'm finished going through my routine, do not be fooled by what I'm saying. Please listen carefully and try to hear what I am not saying. What I would like to say, to be able to say, but for survival, I need to say it, but I can't say it. I dislike hiding. Honestly, I dislike the superficial game I'm playing, the superficial, phony game. I'd really like to be genuine and spontaneous in me, but you've got to help me. You've got to hold out your hand, even when it's the last thing I seem to want or need. You can help wipe away the tear from my eyes, the blank stare of a grieving dead. You can help me, you can help call me to aliveness each time you're kind, gentle, and encouraging. Each time you, you bring to understand, uh, you begin to understand that you really care, each time you show sincerity, my heart begins to grow wings, very small wings, very feeble but wings. If you choose to, please choose to. You can help break down the wall behind which I tremble. You can encourage me to remove my mask. You can help release me from the shadow world of panic and uncertainty from my lonely prison. So do not pass me by. Please don't pass me by. It will, be, it will not be easy for you a lone conviction of worthlessness builds strong walls, and the nearer you approach me, the blinder I may strike back. It's irrational, but despite what books say about humanity, I am irrational. I fight against the very things that I cry out for, but I am told that love is stronger than the walls I have built. And this lies my hope, my only hope. Please help me remove those walls with gentle hands, for a child is very sensitive. Who am I, you may wonder? I am someone you know very well, for I am every man you meet, and I am every woman you meet. Oh, this poem to me, again, takes on two dynamics, two perspectives. That is that of our, our longing to be in relationship with others and the fear to remove our mask. And you know, I tell you, at times, a mask is a good thing. But I suspect that most of us are missing the, the blessings of some friendships because we're spending all of our energy wearing a mask versus trying to understand and listen to the other person. And the irony is, as I have read this poem over and over, I think that's what some of us feel about God. 
that this poem also, I mean, almost becomes our prayer that, that you want God to accept you, to believe in you, to help you break down the walls. And the irony is, is that while no doubt we're human and friendships are frail and we do make mistakes, if we go back to the Psalms, that we know that God doesn't make mistakes and that God created us a little lower than the humans. Let's look at, at Psalm, Psalm 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them, you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Folks, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like God was scraping the bottom of the barrel with me. I, you, we have been created a little lower than the angels. We have value in God's eyes. We're not leftover energy. That is good news. That should make us, make us feel so comfortable say, God, here I am. Warts and all. Buttons and all that get pushed. Yes, and at times I'm angry about this or I don't understand this or I'm fearful of this or I'm alone about this. God wants to hear that because he's created us a little lower than the angels. And so as I think about this song, as I think about the words of, of, of you, Jesus, you have me completely. Every breath I take, I am absolutely in love with you. We rank right up there with the angels, folks. And then another perspective of this song is about uh, this Jesus that we're in love with. Jesus, I'm in love with you. It's a relationship. And in my sessions with uh, uh, couples getting married, engaged couples, I'll often say, well, tell me about about your fiancé. If you're going to call your best friend and say, I'm in love, I'm getting married, and he says, tell me about her, what do you say? Sometimes that's the quietest moment in the whole session. They squirm, and sometimes they have to break the ice a little bit with a sick joke or something, but, you know, uh, I do that. And I think as we think about this Jesus this lover of my soul, I think it's good to be reminded of who he is. Who is this Jesus from the beginning of Scripture to the end of Scripture? And it's good to be reminded of that. Somehow. So he is our Redeemer. He is our Savior. Is he your God? Is he your joy? Is he your comfort? Is he, her, is he your Lord that you can trust with with all of your heart? Is he the God that you can pull down the mask and be yourself with? And if you've been here for a while and you've just been thinking about who is this Jesus, and if you haven't had the chance to open up your heart, I'm going to invite you to, to pray with me this morning if you're ready to take that step. And even if, if you said you have, have said yes to Jesus, but you know there needs to be some, some uh, cleanup 
that needs to occur. If you know you need to, to recommit or to say, you know, I trust you despite the fact that I'm human, I would also like you to, to pray with me. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your love. And today I open my heart to allow you to come in. Thank you for forgiving me. Help me each day to learn what it means to be absolutely in love with you. And with your help, God, and with the help of others that you bring into my life, I ask that you help me to, to make a U-turn in my behavior, maybe where I need to make that. Help me make the necessary course adjustments. Help me to surround myself with people that will help me to be like you. Help me to trust you with my whole heart and to believe, to believe that you love me just the way I am. And as you have forgiven me, may I forgive others. Give me the energy to clean out some of the file drawers in my life so that I can be more like you, so that others may experience you and your love through me. And through this all, all Lord, may I be absolutely in love with you. And may I commit again to you to be the lover of my soul. Thank you.